everybody, and welcome back to a special episode today of the Speak Out Loud podcast. We are so glad you're joining us. This is actually episode six. Stacy, can you believe we've no, gotten to episode six? I cannot. It's kind of hard to believe, but we have been really excited about this episode yeah. and this opportunity. We had a chance to kind of tease this out a few weeks ago and tell you it was coming. Uh, we have been delayed. We told you it would be about a week earlier, but we've been delayed because... Uh, I got about the sickest, I've not COVID sickness, but about the sickest I've been in about 10 years. As in, I didn't sleep in the same bed for a week as yeah. him, because yeah. that's how sick he was. I didn't want to even breathe the air. She I was, wore a mask in our house. Exactly. I think it was more fear than it, it was, was anything. It was. totally but, fear-focused. I threw a rag in there a few times, but I yeah. kept the door shut. Exactly. <laughs> Crackers on a plate at the door and a Gatorade <laughs> bottle. But uh, we made it through. We survived. <laughs> And to our guests today, I'm no longer contagious, so don't worry about that. I'm not sick, so I'm not spreading any COVID or non-COVID-related diseases, I don't think. But uh, So we're coming to you a week later than we expected, but we're really glad to be here and, and to have a chance to be a part of this episode today. So today, we are joined by three guests that are actually three um, special and close friends to Stacy, to our family. Mm-hmm. We're so blessed by them. We are in a new recording studio today, so... If it sounds a little bit different from our, our small little closet of a studio we normally come to you out of, we, uh, that's the reason. appreciate uh, Trinity Baptist Church and our friends uh, Cody and our new friend Brian for hosting us and letting us use this space and helping us to record this episode this today. This is a lot cooler. It is. This is just cool. It is. It's a nice space mm-hmm. and it has nice comfortable couches to sit in. So yeah. we may be here longer today because we're more comfortable, but... Um, we're glad you're joining us. And today's episode, uh, we have three friends. So we have sitting around the room with us today, we have Lori, Cecilia, and Tina. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves in just a minute. But as we get together today, our conversation today is going to be centered around friendships and the, important and the, the importance and the value of friendships uh, for those that struggle with mental health. And also, I think, some great encouragement, some great encouraging kind of words and insights for some of Stacy's friends for many, many years on how to best support and encourage others that struggle with mental health. And so as the purpose of the Speak Out Loud podcast is to build a community of hope for those who struggle with mental health and also for those who love and support them, I think this is a special episode for both of you guys. So as we kick this off, um, let's just kind of go around and, and let you introduce yourselves and uh, each of you maybe share a little bit about yourself and how your relationship with Stacy and our family began. So we'll, we'll open it up so any of you that want to start can start. Well, I'm Lori Hall and Stacy and Doug and I were, and our family were neighbors maybe 28 years ago. Yeah. And um, so our, we've known each other's kids since they were very little mm-hmm. and have little stories. I have an old mirror in my house that was Stacy's grandpa's. Yeah. Because she was throwing it away and I was like, no. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Well, mm-hmm. and that was great because I think, Lori, you and your family took pity on us because no. we were your neighbors <laughs> in a, ti- a tiny, a like tiny, 950 square feet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Little, not only was it small, but it was a pink house painted pink. And so mm-hmm. I think through that, you guys brought us food. Mm-hmm. And now um, we'll, we'll throw some shameless plugs out there. Lori and her family have. The best pizza restaurant in all of central Oklahoma. Not all of Oklahoma, for sure. The Hall's mm-hmm. Pizza Kitchen. So uh, we're thankful that you brought us pizzas all those years ago, and now we get to enjoy That's your pizza today. So mm-hmm. we're glad you're here today. 
I'm Cecilia Cowan, and I met Stacy when she and Doug came to our church to be our youth pastors, and something just drew me to her. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, we've been lifelong friends. And it feels like lifelong friends. friends. Since, yeah. uh, we cry all the time on this, so don't worry about it. <laughs> since her oldest daughter was like nine months old, mm-hmm. yeah. and we've been through a lot together, and, and it's been a great and scary and wonderful journey. Well, we we love your family. We sure do. And uh, it's hard to believe our kids are all now in their 20s, considering they were all, we have so many good pictures to embarrass them with from when yes. they were toddlers. So <laughs> we love to pull those out. Braden and Shelby. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm Tina Jackson. And let's see, Stacy and I met actually at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Our daughters met when you guys started coming to the church that we were at at Council Road. And... We were at Chilino's mm-hmm. one day after church, and I think, Stacy, you stopped me yes. and said, I think our daughters met each other, and then we just talked in the restaurant that day, and then we became friends. I mean, yeah. we just, it just clicked. Yeah, <laughs> I was so appreciative because we were new at the church, and Riley was so shy and didn't know why we had kind of lost our church family at that time because she was only in third grade, and Sarah... Tina's middle child uh, actually um, made friends with Riley and made her feel like that was going to be our church home instantly. And that was really special. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and two redheads. You guys <laughs> yeah. automatically clicked yeah. to yeah. the redhead factor. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's important, too. Yeah. Well, and these, these friendships obviously have been long, which is as a blessing. And, and you guys have known us in our ups and downs and in our probably worst moments as well as hopefully some of our best moments we've had to share with you also. Yeah, these women are here today without being paid, so I'm appreciative of them. We didn't pick them up at Target a few minutes ago, no, no. Um, so that's always good. But I would say, like Doug is saying, that they have definitely um, seen us at our darkest times, and they've also celebrated with us some things. And so... Um, they just always encourage me to keep going and keep trying um, and have fought for me many times when I couldn't fight for myself. So Yeah, I think that's a great way to say it. They, they really, truly have helped helped you and helped fight for us and fight for you. So we're, we're blessed by that. And I think it's important for our, our audience to know, our listeners to know that, you know, we just didn't arrive at these relationships. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we just didn't find three people and pick them up at Target today and and uh, invite him to come over to talk. And two, each of these relationships, because I think, you know, Lori, Cecilia, Tina, you guys are each obviously unique people, unique giftings, unique things about you. Your relationship with Stacy and our family is probably all each a little bit different. So, but I think it's it's neat to see how the beauty of this is how God weaves it all together. And, and not only, not just selfishly from our perspective, is God blessing us with particular things we need, but I think you know, you and you probably see that in your own networks, maybe that we're not even a part of. That God has blended things together that are blessings in your life, through your friends, through other connections, and and just how God provides that incredible support system to us. So, hey, as we jump into some discussion, and today we, we're talking about um, the value and the importance of friends and friendships, and just building a support network for those that that may struggle with mental health, and as you're on that journey. So as we talk about that, we're going to have some questions for each of you, and we love your feedback and some things that you've learned. But as you have been friends with Stacy for many years and have 
kind of known her and seen her at different places in her mental health recovery, her, her story, her journey. What are some things maybe that you would say, okay, I've, I've noticed this in Stacy, and this has helped me maybe know, okay, she's having a hard time with her illness, she's struggling today. Is there anything you've been able to pick up on or notice that's, okay, this clues me in, I, I need to maybe do something or, or say something or be of help in a certain way, if that makes sense. So if you haven't listened to the other podcasts that we've done yet, um, please go back and listen to those. For those of you who haven't heard uh, the other ones, though, I struggle with manic depression. And then also anorexia, self-harm has always been a part of my journey since I was a little girl before it was really called cutting. And then also um, anxiety has been a really big part of it. And all of these things have been a part of my life for a long time. And not to isolate them out as that's what this whole podcast is going to be about. But those are just a little bit um, of what I struggle with yeah. and that these ladies have come alongside me with. Um, yeah. Well, and like you said, the episodes one and two are our pilot two episodes. Great to go back and check those out. It really kind of highlights our story and tells our story. But so what are, you know, through that journey, what are some things that you guys have seen that has helped you? Um, just be maybe more sensitive or clue in or, or okay, I'm going to, something's going on here. I need to help with possibly. I, I think uh, the first thing that came to my mind was text. She'll text and um, it'll sound, it'll sound so sad that and it's like she's crying out for help. And so mm-hmm. I immediately pray, I try to remember to pray and then text back. And um, sometimes I'll end up just calling because it's like too much. And I, if I, if I'm at a place where I can call, sometimes I just pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like crying out mm-hmm. for help, which I think is good, and that she's not just staying to herself. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, texts are very hard for me. And I've heard this across the board um, when I was in treatment for anorexia, that texts are confusing. What When I can't see an expression or hear a, like an intonation in a voice that things are okay, I just immediately go to the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. and I get really scared. And what seems to be a simple text to somebody else is monumental for me because I'm always afraid and I have this big deal with that being the last time I'll hear from someone. And so that I care about, that I love. And I even, I do this with you. I do this with our family. And so texts are not an easy thing for me. So if somebody does pick up the phone or somebody does come by or something like that, it just shows me body language. It shows me their voice is okay, um, that everything's going to be okay, even if it's panicky in that moment. So, yeah. Well, it's definitely been a learning thing, you know, learning, because I am totally opposite of Stacy, And mm-hmm. so you really, and I tend to walk around with my head in the clouds. So... <laughs> Which is one reason I love you. We are, you know, you really do have to learn to pay closer attention to what's going on Mm -hmm. when you're with her, what her demeanor is. And if she's just like really quiet, you just can tell she's struggling and you just have to say, hey, I know you're struggling, but it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to get through it and it'll be better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest clue for me is she'll text me and she'll say, call me when you can. Mm -hmm. Then I know. I mean, it's an automatic for me. Mm-hmm. It's occasionally a, a more detailed text message, but normally it's a call me when you can or can you call me. Mm-hmm. Those are 
clues. And I agree. I mean, I think it's a learning. I think when we first started being friends, it was different. But that's been so far back that I have kind of forgotten how those, because she's she's grown so much Mm -hmm. just in the time that we've been friends to where now she's doing a podcast and she's speaking about it. When we first met, she wasn't talking about it at all. And so the clues were harder back then. Mm -hmm. But now they're like, she's, now she will say, she will tell you and or give you context clues to what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit easier now maybe for us to uh, hear it than it was, you know, a while back. Sure. Yeah. Even the other day, though, I texted Tina. Um, we were texting about something um, that was so simple and she was cutting hair. She was doing hair. That's what she does for a living, that in real estate. And um, so we were talking briefly on the text, and then she stopped texting. <clears throat> and it wasn't a serious text, but I totally plummeted. And she was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I just cut somebody's <laughs> hair. I have not been on this text I think message. what my text was, whoa, stop that. <laughs> yeah, she goes stop, and sometimes caps, stop. sometimes that stop, and all of you I think have said stop because then it's like a reset for my brain because I am going there, I'm going down, and I'm literally crying or mm-hmm. in my car I'm thinking what do I do to be invisible? What can I do to not be a burden or a hassle for this person? How can I live and not bother them when none of them have said that I bother them. Yeah. It's just, I go there. Yeah. So I think that's part of some of the things you struggle with, Stace, and really it's the mental illness mm-hmm. part of it, is that there's that fear that builds in, that though though these have been friends for 15, 20 years plus, that, you know, something could trip a wire, for lack of a better way of saying it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that uh, you guys have understood that and been very reassuring. But I appreciate, too, what you said, Tina, and that all of these friendships have really intersected, uh, you know, a lot of the recovery process you've mm-hmm. gone through. And so through the years, there's, you know, as we talked last week about inpatient treatment and outpatient treatment, there's been a lot of therapy, medicine changes, too, that have also changed the dynamic because you've experienced, you know, recovery, not, not as we've said, not recovered, but recovery. And, and now things, the dynamics a little bit different now than maybe it was 5, 10, 15 years ago, too. Yeah, so. I think now it's more of a 0 to 60 than a slow. Like right now, um, I try to be communicative when I tell them I'm going through a medic- medicine change because that messes with my mind and my body so drastically that it's not fair to people in my life to not know what's going on. Um, I used to be a little more subtle, I think, with things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now it's either I'm really good or I'm trying so hard not to think of hurting myself or just let myself be gone. Yeah. So that's something that's changed over the years, I feel like. And that's because my medication is so strong. Yeah. Well, what is something for each of you, and, and it may be related to your relationship with Stacy. it could be related just other other things too, but what are some things you have learned about how to encourage someone that may be struggling with or battling mental illness? I think for me that it's okay that I don't understand because I don't mm-hmm. think the same way. 
And so I think it's okay to not understand, but just to listen and, um, and that I share scriptures a lot or I used mm-hmm. to even more because that's all I knew. It's like, I don't really know what to say, but I do know that Jesus Christ came for Stacy and that he saved you. Mm-hmm. And I would quote scriptures or sing scripture um, just because that's, I knew that more than I knew anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Lori, of all, all the people in my life, the thing that I remember that she has taught me from day one um, I can remember us meeting at different restaurants and both of us leaving and I could see that I had affected her um, where I was hopeless. And the thing that I would always remember as we would leave that she was always consistent with is God is sovereign and his word is truth. And so those are things that didn't depend on how I affected Lori. She was going to be okay but that I needed to rely on the Lord more than anything. Mm-hmm. And always pointing me back to scripture and the Lord helped me know, okay, he's the one I need to rely on. And people are gonna come and go, not her. She wasn't ever saying that, but people may come and go, but God is sovereign mm-hmm. and he's not gonna leave. Yeah. So that's something that's always been really big in our relationship. That is, that's so important. Mm-hmm. What are some other thoughts on that? What are some things maybe that you've learned to say, how, how can I encourage someone battling or struggling with mental health? Well, I think growing up, my dad was bipolar, and I have a sister, at least one sibling, that is has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And just growing up with that and, go, you know, seeing them struggle mm-hmm. and knowing that, that they loved God too and that, just getting on your knees and praying doesn't fix everything all the time. Right. And that God chooses to leave these struggles in our life for a reason we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But that for whatever reason, their brain does not work like a quote unquote normal person. Mm-hmm. And you just have to understand that and be able to work around that and help them remember that, hey, you're thinking this, but that's not normal. But you don't think normal because your brain doesn't work normally because your chemicals are off balance in your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that helped. I think growing up with that just helped me a lot. Well, and Cecilia's helped me realize that and to really accept the fact that the reason why my brain just works like this is not because I'm trying to <clears throat> manipulate people to do something. I'm, I hate the word manipulation so bad for so many reasons, but I have blamed myself for that for so many years and said, I must be a manipulative person because my brain is crying out so much. And sometimes it does require an extra conversation. And um, she's helped me to realize that I literally want nothing that I don't have other than a lot of times reassurance. that is a huge thing for me that is like sometimes not on them because it can't be on them, but that is sometimes me choosing in life or death. Yeah. If they're going to leave, I'm going to leave first. So. Well, I think, Cecilia, what I've seen in, in you too and appreciate so much about you is just such a great level of patience and a great level of compassion, mm-hmm. which is evident in your life. And not just in your relationship with Stacy and us, but in all areas. But I think mm-hmm. 
certainly as you say that, I can see how, how God built that into you even growing up and as a child maybe. Well, for me, having battled mental illness myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a deeper understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's different for me. Sure. Well, I think that's so important because I think that that if you've gone through something, you certainly have a level of understanding yeah. and, and a level of compassion. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Tina. But do you want to explain more about that, or do you want to? You know, you don't have to. Um, but more about me, my yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Well, just um, having lost my mom at twenty-six, it really threw me. And having a 17-month-old baby, it really threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of plummeted, even though um, I got pregnant with my daughter, like right after my mom died, and I didn't want to have her. Like, I didn't want a baby at the time, and God used my daughter to save my life, really. Yeah. Totally. And then my husband to save me <clears throat> even more, mm-hmm. and I just... I know what it's like to live in mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I just, I understand it on that level. I don't understand all the levels that Stacey, you know, with everything that she battles. But I do understand the mental illness part. Mm -hmm. And I just, when she speaks, when she thinks lies, I try to just speak the truth within those lies. When she begins to text me, I shouldn't have said that. They're going to think something. I'm like, nobody's thinking that. You don't need to think that because nobody else is thinking that. And I just try to Mm -hmm. speak truth into her when her mind is telling her lies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and and I can, one, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know some of those things (laughs) myself, so I, I appreciate you sharing that. But two, I think that's something I see that's evident. And when I know, Stacy, and you've been talking or texting or Stacey, so oh, I'm on the phone with Tina, whatever, <clears throat> I know that you are one that's doing that. And I appreciate that about you because I know that, that you have that ability and insight and um, even, for lack of a better way of saying it, maybe bluntness, just to say, hey, <laughs> yeah. this, you know, this is <laughs> it. A good word. And, 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 you know, even like you said earlier, just when you said to stop, yeah. I think that... Um, I appreciate you being willing to take that extra step and to step out and do that. Mm-hmm. And that, that means a lot to us. You know, one of the things that I think is so challenging in, in dealing with mental health, and I know I look back to, to years and years ago before, I think, I think a lot of things were going on in our lives. We didn't understand it. I certainly didn't understand it. And I think back to when I was a youth pastor and in ministry, there were probably many occasions when I didn't, say something to a student or to a family that I should have said or reached out in a certain way. And it wasn't for lack of caring or lack of um, compassion, but it was for lack of understanding. And I, and, and I think I didn't know what to say, and so I didn't say anything at all. And I think so often those that, that, are, that maybe have someone in their life that, that struggles with mental health, that's where they find themselves. They find themselves thinking, gosh, I, I care about them, but I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so we end up probably not doing anything or saying anything at all. And for the person that's their friend or that struggles, that can, can kind of feel the opposite. It can feel, well, I'm being isolated. or I'm, I'm, you know, it, can feel, it can just feel a number of negative things out of that. 
So for you, how have you maybe pushed yourself through, if that's the way to say it, that kind of feeling or that kind of place where, well, I don't know what to say or I don't know what to do. How do you respond when you find yourselves in those positions? Well, I think it's okay to not understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's okay. Like, I mean, a lot of people in our circle of friends, Stacy and I and our immediate circle that we are together in, a lot of them don't understand. And I hear them a lot of times saying, I just don't understand. But I think that's okay. I mean, I don't think you have to understand what's happening to love and encourage her. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think... You need to be aware of what she's dealing with as a holistically and then just know when to say something and what to say. I think that's another big thing is that people are afraid of to say something and so they don't say it. And I'm the opposite. <laughs> I just say it. Right. But it works for Stacy and I that I can be that blunt, like you said earlier with her. But I think it's okay that you don't understand. Just that you know Stacy and know her heart and that you just know how, you know, just encourage her and love her through what she's happened, what's happening with her. You don't have to understand it to love her. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's so important. I think that message is so critical that you don't have to understand to still yeah. be a friend, Absolutely. to have compassion, and, and to even just engage as friends, exactly. even if it's not always about that one issue. So. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, when I have shared to some people, you know, because we have been outward about it with the book and with um, the videos and different things like that, some people I feel like through that have felt drawn to me. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like some people have felt like I'm scared. I'm not going to um, engage in a relationship with Stacy. And I understand I, that's why y'all are so special to me. For me to have the diagnoses that I have and to have three amazing women in my life is almost unheard of. Um, the reason I know is because I've sat with people who have similar diagnoses to me and they are alone. Mm-hmm. And beyond the women in this um, room, I have other people on the outskirts of it that are amazing to me also, but literally to have people to even bring into a room and say, what is it like is almost unheard of. And I feel like the most blessed person, not to mention my sister and other people who are in our lives, but these people in this room are people I do life with every day. Well, I think that the issue of aloneness and Mm -hmm. feeling alone is maybe the most debilitating thing of mental illness for anyone to have to go through Mm -hmm. because it does feel isolating. And I think part of the illness itself kind of is telling you and and is telling you to isolate. It's telling you to disengage. Mm -hmm. But just even, you know, what are we seeing now through the pandemic? I mean, everything Mm -hmm. you see on the news and we're talking about it from churches to the secular news that, that mental health has skyrocketed this last year when we've been in a world where the main message has been to isolate and to not be with other people. And even people that have not normally struggled with mental health have found that very difficult for their mental kind of health situations. So so it it is, it just plays a huge 
part of it. So I have found that in the morning, when I before I even get out of bed, and I'm not the only one in this. I've found this with other women who struggle with similar things. That the first thing that their mind tells them to do, and the first thing that my mind tells me to do before I even get out of bed in the morning is to leave people alone, mm-hmm. and to not be present and to stay to myself. And um, so what I try to do is the opposite. And these are people who help me do the opposite. Yeah. Other thoughts on just how do you handle that when maybe you don't know what to say or if you don't know what to do? Well, I think an important thing to remember is they just need you to be there and maybe to listen Mm -hmm. and that they don't expect you to fix them Mm -hmm. because you can't. And that just to be there and listen listen to them and support them and tell them the truth, like, you know, give them scriptures and, or just say, you know, your brain's telling you the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Just be there. Yeah. And I'm so appreciative of the three of you for that because I'm not very good at that sometimes. And so sometimes <laughs> I'm dropping the ball on that at home with Stacy. And it's like, you guys are encouragements to me. Don't you know it because you're doing that for her and I appreciate it. Well, we love her. <laughs> What has helped you um, maybe grow, and and we've touched on this a little bit, but maybe what's helped you grow in your understanding of mental illness, and also beyond that, maybe your ability to have compassion for those who struggle with mental health issues? I think just listening to Stacy's answers, but I think we've gone to some of the, is it NIDA, Mm -hmm. the Eating Disorder Association? like what, listening to their article, reading their articles, and then um, going to the auctions, and mm-hmm. they've got the speakers and listening to the testimonies has been really mm-hmm. helpful, I think, because it confirms what Stacy is saying, and it just makes right. it um, more solid in your in your head to understand what she's going through. I think then the time that we went to um, Laureate and listened to the speaker mm-hmm. was really helpful too. Well, and, and we appreciate that so much. We've we've twisted all of your arms every year to, to buy tickets to come to the, <laughs> the annual Conversations of Hope Dinner, which is an, an organization Stacey and I are a part of. Uh, actually, it's the Oklahoma Eating Disorder Association they host every year. Um, but I think the commitment is so impressive because, like you said, Lori, that you, you made the effort to go out of town to another city to attend a tr- uh, an educational event that that the inpatient program Stacy was in was hosting for friends and family. And, and you know, that was a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you guys have done that. You've, you've engaged to learn more and really been intentional about that. And that's, that's blessed us and hopefully blessed you as well. But it's really blessed our, our family and our friendship too. People in the Oklahoma Eating Disorder Association know that Doug and I are Christians. And when they see three tables full of people that support us, whether they understand or not, or just coming to learn more, or just coming because they've just committed to our journey, whatever it may look like at that time is a ministry to other people. Um, With the people I was in treatment with, some of them relapsed instantly because they had no support to go home to. They went home to quiet houses or they went home to people who stopped bringing the casseroles or um, to people who just have chosen to abandon them for lack of a better word because of lack of understanding. And so when people come to those things, those things that are more public and they see 
tables full of people who are unconditional in their love, that in itself is a huge ministry. Yeah. So we're appreciative of that beyond words. I think this podcast probably is the easiest way for people to understand um, how someone with mental illness feels, mm-hmm. but then also be encouraged by it, mm-hmm. by the yeah. progress and, yeah. and your involvement. There is, there is hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, there's people that have said this much better than I'm saying it right now, but there is hope when we bring things out into the light yeah. mm-hmm. versus keeping them under, under covers. And I, I've said this earlier. I said my very earliest memories of talking about mental health was in an extended family situation when I was a child. And, and the message I heard from my parents, and I would say my parents have, were, before they passed, huge supports in our life and Stacy's life. Definitely. But at that moment, it was very much, and I think out of, out of let's, we don't want to embarrass anybody. We don't want to you know, really make a big deal out of it. It was very much to, to hush it down. Oh, we don't talk about that. Let's mm-hmm. not talk about that here at this family gathering. And so that was kind of my thinking is like, well, these things have to be kept under the covers and, and not really discussed. But the more we can talk about it, I think it, it is bringing hope to other people just to, to shed some light. I mean, we know God's promise, what? That when, when He shines His light on something, there is hope and there is life in that moment, in that place. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what hopefully we're doing here. A common thing that's really easy to remember that I learned in treatment was secrets keep you sick. And for 16 years, I was quiet about it. And it's not like now I just feel like talking about it all the time. But I know what it's like for us to feel lonely in that moment and in those nights sitting in the bathroom floor with me trying not to cut and us going, what do we do? Mm -hmm. Where? Why do we even get up in the morning? What? What do we even tell people? How can we even find help? And the stronger that we've gotten in our relationship, we've just felt like we don't want anybody to feel like we felt, not because people were leaving us, but because people didn't know. Yeah. So unless people know, they really can't help you and have the choice of going or staying yeah. in your life. Any other thoughts on kind of growing and understanding or compassion, something that's impacted you in that maybe? Well, just knowing that Stacy is an amazing person and that her mental illness is not who she is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a big part of her life, but she's an amazing woman. Yeah. She's an amazing wife, mother, friend. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I don't feel like I'm worthy of her friendship. So <laughs> I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, she's a very caring person and she deeply cares about everyone that she, life she touches. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you saying that because so often we can think that's the one defining thing about somebody that defines them. And, and certainly it's a part of our lives, but it's there's so much else there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking that as everybody was talking, I was like, well, I mean, we're here for her, but she's here for us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it's not a one-way friendship that's just only encouraging her. She encourages me as much as I encourage her. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and, and we think specifically, and Stacey, you shared some of the things that you struggle with. When you think about specifically the anorexia piece in, in Stacy's battle with that, um, you know, a big part of friendship is gathering together over food or mm-hmm. a meal or coffee or something. 
and, and you know, our families have all done that at different times together, whether it be at your homes or, or at restaurants and going out. And so just thinking about that specifically, how have, have you seen that kind of element of the eating disorder maybe playing into such a big part of friendship? Has that impacted your friendships? And if so, maybe how? To me, this is the hardest one because this to me puts them on the spot more than anything because they can't fix the fact that I am sitting in front of food and I'm repulsed um, most of the time, not always, but I would say over three-fourths of the time. And it's just to me the hardest place for them because I hate to put them in that situation, yet I know reality is is the food on that plate has to be gone. Yeah. <laughs> so they all deal with it. And this was where I see their personalities the most different, <laughs> I would say. Um, well, maybe we could throw in our the follow-up question I had there, and maybe good to blend it in with this, is what role do you see yourself having an accountability role? Because I know in my marriage with Stacy, it does not work for me to be her food police. Yeah. We've just learned that about ourselves. And so I, I, I don't play that role. I try to play an encouraging role. But two, for you, how does that maybe play into your um, gatherings? And, and Y'all can be honest about this because I really suffer, struggle with this. <laughs> I really do. And they all do such but a But you guys job. do. But the next thing is, is I, I knew y'all do get together quite a bit for meals, yeah. whether yeah. it be breakfast that you're doing Bible study or lunches or... Or, or just whatever. So, any I mean, thoughts? We'll just toss, toss this one out there and anybody. I think I was told thoughts. not to say what my thoughts are. No. no. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you can say it. I would <laughs> totally say I'm a food police when we're together. But I think that's okay. You're, you're okay with me being that, yeah. in that role. Yes. One of the reasons is, is because I, I don't know why it's so hard for me with Doug. I just feel like it just makes it very difficult for our marriage. Mm -hmm. On a serious note, when he is food police for me, because then it trickles down and I can't stop it there. And that is not how we do marriage. We are very much partners. Well, Tina gets to go to her own house, but I have to sleep with you. So, <laughs> That's right. You, know, you have to sleep No. I'm going to edit that you out, Brian. So, uh, that's what you yeah. meant. I think that's what you said. You get if that didn't make it to the final cut, our listeners will know why. But, you know. No. That's, Yeah. I'm glad I'm the editor because I can I <laughs> fix the things I say wrong as I say them. So I don't think but, police uh, is a good word. Yeah. But there is an accountability element. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, we're, I mean, we all do when we sit down together with her, we all eat with her. We don't, you know, we try to eat alongside you, not some of us eat faster than others, but, um, but I think we all, eat with her in that in that way so that I think as we're eating it's encouraging for her to eat yeah. um, there's a lot of shame for me around food I'm embarrassed to eat I'm afraid people are thinking that I don't shouldn't eat that because I'm so big and that's a very hard thing for that's me the anorexia lying mm -hmm. in your mind it's the dysmorphia that comes in it's not me going oh please tell me I'm skinny it's it's a dysmorphia that 
is very paralyzing for me because I have a lot of shame from past experiences for lack. I'll just leave it at that. But um, but one of the key things to the very intense eating disorder kind of recovery treatment you went through was eating together with other people. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the very worst things you can do is is eat consistently by yourself. Occasionally right. it has to happen, but but eating by yourself is, is a really hard place for you. So it's very important for you to be with other people in meal settings and things like but that. But I know it's hard. I mean, I'm not, I'm in here. Yeah. I understand that it is a hard thing because people eat when they're, because they're hungry. The food smells good. Uh, if nothing else sounds good, I can usually eat pizza. <laughs> so that's very convenient. I can usually eat yeah. some, that is, that is some, the go-to for me. But at the same time, it is very um, humbling and almost humiliating in my mind for me to sit in front of food and for people, I think people are thinking, you don't need to eat that. You've, you've eaten plenty, you don't need to. So every time they talk to me when I'm eating, it's dispersing those lies in my mind as we're talking through, the, even if we're not talking about food. Yeah. So y'all can share kind of how we get through them. A meal together as individuals because it is very different for each of you. Well, I definitely hold Stacy accountable because mm-hmm. I'm thinking I know this is the right thing to do. And right. I know I agree with Doug that you, that's not your role, uh, mm-hmm. but it can be mine. Mm-hmm. And I've asked for that permission and I've always made sure that that was okay because I didn't want to do the wrong thing or offend and, or make it worse. Right. But I always ask you, you never want to finish a meal. Never. I always finish my meal with you. Mm-hmm. Even, I can remember one time recently, I felt a little bit sick to my stomach. And <laughs> whatever I was eating just did not sound good. But I was like, I have to eat this. So I ate every bite. Mm-hmm. And the Lord helped me get through that. And it wasn't a big deal. But I I always make a point to eat everything. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be a good example. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, she um, always does. She that, yeah. And she eats at my pace. Yeah. I try to. She it's does. slow. You know, it's going to, lunch is going to, or any meal is going to take a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to help you with that because mm-hmm. I know that, that Laureate wants you to eat it in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also sometimes Stacy will act like she's done and I will say, do your, what would your doctor say? Yeah. And yeah. that's like, and then she, Stacy will never lie to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. then she'll take another bite at least. And she'll say, then that's enough, isn't it? And I'll say, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope, take this the right way, Lori, but I think that we are so appreciative because um, of your kindness to us when it's not uncommon. I'm, and I'm not fishing for something, I promise. It's not uncommon when we are eating at Hall's Pizza Kitchen and Lori's there that she subtly sends a dessert over our way. <laughs> and uh, usually she doesn't put it on our bill. And uh, so we're thankful for that because uh, that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a gift to me. It's a blessing to Stacy. So, so uh, yeah, so we, uh, we're thankful for that. But, but that is, that those, those are important things. The fact that, that they don't get mad at me yeah. is huge because I'm already mad at myself for taking more time because anorexia doesn't make you stupid you get the fact that people are taking extra long lunches it's it's very i feel really bad about it other than the fact that they don't make me feel bad about it they make me feel very much like 
you know what, this is okay. We're catching up. We're talking. We, we've covered it, you know? Yeah. And, but at the same time, they don't make me feel like I am um, messed up, for lack of a better word, for not being able to eat and like they do. Yeah. Well, like Stacy or like Cecilia and Tina said, you, you really are probably the best friend somebody could have. Mm-hmm. You're so kind and so caring and loving and um, just Thank so you. generous with your time, with mm-hmm. everything you've got. You give the shirt off your back to all of us and we know That's it. Right. And um, we know that anytime we need prayer or anything, you are there for us. Mm-hmm. And it used to not be that way. And so I would encourage people out there that that is the hope that we see in Stacy. Um, as she is recovering, just the beauty of her life. Yeah. It's, she's an incredible friend. And, um, well, I think that speaks to even though meals are difficult because of the anorexia, there's all that value of friendship mm-hmm. that, that is fostered and happens mm-hmm. over meals that's still there. It's not like right. well, it's just you know, the, the physical act of eating that's all we care about. There's still a lot of the great things that happen with friendship that happen around a food or a meal or dessert or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that those things still get to happen. And that's really I special. think the hope for people out there that are struggling is that that good is in them and their their talents and their gifts are in there. You might not be able to see them right now, but wait, because they just help them. Yeah. They will come out and you'll see them again. Yeah, that's that's really well said. Well, what is something, and kind of we've, we've talked about and, and joked a little bit about this idea of being food police, but, but it is a reality that I think there's, as, as, as we go through friendships, and in, in any friendship, you find, well, you know, things, and, and, and a healthy friendship's going to have ups and downs and maybe things where, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that, maybe I hurt somebody's feelings, but the friendship's strong enough where we get through it. Um, but as Stacy and I have discovered in our marriage, me playing that role for her and her recovery is not healthy. Um, maybe what are something you've found that is not helpful just to your overall friendship maybe that, that you've realized that, okay, we just we don't go there, we, we work around that, or it's something that, okay, we've had to just kind of work through over time. Days when you don't talk, maybe for mm-hmm. you know, a few days that you don't talk, I think being silent is not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a sense of staying connected. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this kind of puts you on the spot. I realize. So if you may not, you might have something at the top of mind. That's okay. Well, and it's okay if it's something that used to be hard, maybe isn't hard, or maybe it's hard now that used to not be, because this is an ebb and flow. This isn't a straight across the, the board kind of thing. I mean, it's just we talk a lot about water in our in our um, book and in the podcast and everything about how, you know, the tides come in and they go out and sometimes it looks different than other times. And sometimes I surprise myself at what has hurt me um, that might not have a year ago. And then sometimes I'm like, mm, that was really not a big deal. And that really used to crush me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the way it is. And also I feel like with these women that these friendships that we kind of don't have that anymore. I think that we've kind of jumped over some of those hurdles and gone, you know what? I know if I talk to Cecilia, she is going to probably say this and I need to be open to that. Mm-hmm. And if I, you know, if I'm going to pick up the phone and do that, I don't need to be shut off or closed off to that. 
because that might become a part of our conversation. Right. And so... Well, it's because I think good friends, these friends, mm -hmm. uh, have the ability and the courage to speak truth into your life, our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's really valuable. Other thoughts on that? Anybody? Just want to get something out on the table and <laughs> and get it out there. Well, as we as we think about then, um, you know, we talked specifically about anorexia, and certainly there are those listening that may share that struggle, but probably many that don't. But what are some things, just as as a friend, you would say? I don't know if it's in general is the right way to say it. But something you have learned or something you'd want to say to someone listening that has a friend, maybe a loved one, uh, a family member battling uh, mental health, a mental illness, what is something you'd want to say to them uh, to encourage them just out of your experience and what you've learned over the years in this friendship and this relationship? Run! <laughs> Run far away! And don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> don't be afraid of the unknown. I mean, just because you don't know or don't understand, don't be afraid because in reality, you as the person that doesn't necessarily have the mental illness, you could be missing a blessing. Mm -hmm. Because I know with Stacy, she's way more of a blessing to me than I believe I am to her. Mm -hmm. So I think Definitely. you just... Don't be afraid. Yeah. Just don't be afraid. You might miss a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Other thoughts on that? I would say that, yeah, I agree with Tina. I think um, I, I would just say, I know in times when I've been down in, in my life, people that have come up to me and just said, just said the simple word, hey, and gave me a smile and maybe put their hand on my shoulder meant so much. And I would say, you use the word courageous. I'd say just, and like Tina said, just don't be afraid, be courageous and just mm -hmm. say, hey, let's have lunch or let's, or how are you? And just leave it at that and then let, then listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Jill said it well. <laughs> <laughs> I think physical touch is underrated. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What, no matter how you grew up or kind of what it can mean. Um, sometimes I feel because of what I do, you know, face and so much of the, the loathing that I can try to work through every day with scripture or just with talking to people who do speak truth into me, um, that in the Christian realm, I can feel kind of like um, untouchable a little bit because um, mental illness is so taboo, whereas maybe diabetes isn't, cancer isn't, different things like that, things that people don't mean to have, I don't mean to have anorexia and mental illness. I, 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 I would give a lot of things to not have it. It brings a lot of closeness with the Lord that I wouldn't trade for anything. And God knows that. And I think that's probably contributes to why I still struggle with these things. But um, for someone to come over and even hug me or put their hand on me like Lori's talking about or anything like that, it almost makes that just disappear. Mm -hmm. um, just go, you know what? I'm not, I am a more huggy person than a lot of people because physical touch does mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. But for somebody to just come over and hug me and everything, it just kind of dispels what the mm -hmm. enemy's putting in my mind at that time. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm not trying to selfishly hug somebody because that's not in my heart. I don't feel like, but I can only imagine what it does for somebody else. If it is that healing for me, you know, I think, I think the unsaid word is probably we've missed, we've missed more opportunities through the unsaid word than we've missed by offending somebody by accidentally saying the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I'm often afraid of saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing, not just in our relationship states, but just kind of in general, Mm -hmm. to where I've probably in my lifetime certainly missed more opportunities of what I should have done than had to go back and correct things that I've somehow overdone by offending somebody by what I've said or what I've done or or that sort of thing. So I think that's that's a huge encouragement. But I, I would just say for each of you, what I am so appreciative of and what I'd encourage listeners to do, if, if you have a friend or a loved one in this situation, is that you have, you have made the effort to learn, to grow, to be there. Even when you've said, don't be afraid if you don't understand. I think that's hugely important, but at the same time, you've also done things and, and made efforts and mm-hmm. listened and, and, and tried to to, to, to be there to where you do understand. And probably I would say you do understand better today than you might have three, four, five, ten years ago, for sure. And so that's a commitment each of you have made mm-hmm. that is much appreciated, much appreciated, and I think it it is a big part of this friendship. Most definitely. Well, as we wrap up today's episode, I, I just want to say a big thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm the only guy so in this much. discussion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, one, thankful that you... Uh, let me join and let me be a part of this today. But two, as um, and I'm friends with all your husbands and your families, but but I can't tell you how much you mean to not just to Stacy, but to me, you and your your husbands, your families, and and the encouragement that they that you have each given to me, in addition to Stacy, has meant the world to us and has made this journey we've been on um, lighter in many ways. But also, we talk a lot about resilience and endurance, and and you've been—I don't know what the right way to say it. It's impossible to say. You've you've been people that have built endurance and resilience into us, mm-hmm. and, and we cannot thank you enough for that. Absolutely, and I just want to close with just um, you know my my verses: "I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done." And that's a hard verse to have as a verse when your mind screams for you to, to die mm-hmm. and um, to, to, not, to not thrive in this life. And these, my prayer for the people who are listening is that if you can have one friend that is like any of these friends that I have, you are blessed and gifted. These are people, and I use this term a lot, these are people who stay. God has people in the world who will stay and there are people who definitely don't and so when you find somebody that stays you know like duct tape them to the wall do something but just um it's a blessing beyond words it helps me to be able to live out my life first i will not die but live and proclaim what the lord has done these are people in my life who help that you know stay true on a daily basis so yeah well said thank you stacy well, we want to thank you for listening today. We appreciate you so much. We appreciate the encouragement that you've sent our way. Hey, if you have not yet done this, we invite you to follow 
the podcast. If, if your podcast player asks you to subscribe, we'd love for you to subscribe. That way you're one of the first ones to, to be notified when a new episode is available. Uh, please join on and, and like or share. Help us get this out there to people that may be needing hope. I mean, one of the greatest needs our world has today in any situation, but for certainly those and the millions of people in our country and our world that struggle with mental health is they need hope. And we think mm-hmm. this message, we have been blessed by the hope givers around this table today as we've had this discussion. And we hope that this is giving hope to you. So so share it. Uh, if you know of someone that this could be just a, a help to, please, please let them know about the Speak Out Loud podcast and share mm-hmm. a link. Um, if you haven't done this yet, it is so helpful to us if you go online and and rate the podcast. Uh, hey, we love a five-star rating, but uh, we appreciate when you do that. If you leave a review, that just helps other people find it a little bit easier, and, and you're making an impact by doing that. We invite you back next week. Next week, Stacy and I are going to be talking about um, several things we're calling big lies and big truth. And so we're going to be focused on some of those things that are big lies that through mental illness, her mind can tell her but big lies that, that we can buy into. But what are some of those big truths that friends like these consistently remind us of, but also that we have to believe and hold on to that really make the difference. So we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for listening today. God bless you guys.